Hi, friends. We began our study on Mormonism back on November 4th. And due to a couple different things, we were not able to finish that uh, study. And so here I am today recording the, the final work through of uh, our study of Mormonism. We had a chance to talk about the history of Mormonism, to walk through their beliefs about uh, gods. They're really a polytheistic religion. We considered uh, their understanding of who human beings are, uh, these spiritual offspring of this uh, spiritual father God. Uh, they then believe in the Bible insofar as it's translated correctly. Uh, but in addition to that, they have the Book of Mormon, the Doctrine and Covenants, and the Pearl of Grace. They have a, a very different view of the fall of Adam and Eve. That Adam and Eve made a choice uh, to sin to become mortal beings so that they could procreate and have offspring. And then there was, a, of course, then a need for salvation. And Jesus, in their mind, is this firstborn spiritual offspring put forward a good plan that Elohim approved of. And Lucifer was the secondborn, and he did not have a good plan. Uh, so then we closed up our last time together with talking about uh, their solution to what they perceived the problem to be. Problem being the fall, being sin. Uh, but as they define it, again, we talked about one of the distinctive things that needs to be done when interacting with a Mormon is to define terms, define ideas, ask questions. What do, what do you mean by that? Uh, when you say uh, that we are fallen, what do you mean by that? <laughs> so their solutions to the problem, they talked about the atonement, but salvation has this double meaning. On the one hand, Jesus died in sort of a offering universal salvation for all. Uh, this is salvation by grace. At the same time, they would then talk about individual salvation, uh, exaltation to Godhood. And that comes about through works, salvation by works. It's obedience to the laws and ordinances, traditions, practices of Mormonism. That's where we closed last time. So let's take a just a few more questions. Here's the next one. What is our purpose and how should people live? This is, you could say, what is the morality of Mormonism? What is their uh, ethical doctrine? If I were to summarize that, it is to become gods. Mormons want to become divine beings. And they do that by being good Mormons. This comes from Doctrine of Covenants. Then shall they be gods, because they have no end. Therefore shall they be from everlasting to everlasting, because they continue. Then shall they be above all, because all things are subject unto them. Then shall they be gods, because they have all power, and the angels are subject unto them. They shall be gods. That's, that's what the Doctrine of Covenants says. Here's from the teachings of the prophet of Joseph Smith. Here then is eternal life to know the only wise and true God. And you have got to learn how to be, ready for this, gods yourselves and to be kings and priests to God, the same as all gods have done before you. 
end quote. You've got to rise up into this divine godhood. But we know from texts like Isaiah 43 that we hear this. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, no God was formed, nor shall there be any after me. God is very clear here in Isaiah. There was no God before him. There is no God after him. He is the one and only God. Mormons say their purpose is to become divine beings. They do that by being good Mormons. And we talked about that in terms of their salvation by works, the things that they do, uh, tithing, attending temple, following laws, ordinances, obeying the prophets, following the words of wisdom, uh, learning the sacred rituals, baptism for the dead, celestial marriage, those sorts of things. Well, if the purpose is to become gods, and you do that by being a good people, um, and one of the things to note is that uh, because Mormons uh, have a, because the Bible is a source of ethics for them, and they are, uh, broadly speaking, they would call themselves Christians in a sense, uh, there's going to be a number of ethics where true true people of God, uh, biblical Christians, uh, have overlapping agreements about how to live. Uh, so we might find ourselves uh, working in tandem or uh, being co-belligerents with Mormons on certain uh, efforts to bring justice and mercy and compassion to bear on our neighbors. At the same time, we would want to make sure that we call to mind all of the distinctions that we've been talking about in our lesson on Mormonism. Well, here's, here's another question. Where is life headed? What, what do Mormons believe about the future? Well, they believe in a place called paradise. This, this place, paradise, has three levels. You'd say that their view of heaven has three different uh, planes. Uh, one of those planes is the telestial kingdom. The second plane is the terrestrial kingdom. And the third plane is the celestial kingdom. Each of those is for a different group of people, depending on whether you're wicked, righteous, or unrighteous. Uh, righteous Mormon, non-righteous Mormon, uh, faithful Mormon or not. So let's walk through that. The celestial kingdom is for the wicked and ungodly. This place is for those who do not receive the Mormon, I'm going to put it in, in quotes, gospel, the Mormon quotes, gospel of uh, salvation by grace, then followed by works. Uh, these people would suffer in hell for a time, and they could be visited by the Holy Ghost. Now, Mormons believe in a, a thing called the spirit prison, and the somehow, in some way, I don't know exactly how, uh, but their version of what they believe to be the gospel can be proclaimed to spirits in this place, in the spirit prison. Prison. And this is why, for instance, they believe in the baptism for the dead. It's sort of proxy baptism, that somebody here and now could get baptized on behalf of a spirit that is in the spirit prison. Uh, but those who would still reject the Mormon gospel uh, will remain wicked and ungodly 
and in in um, this place. Then you have the plane of the terrestrial kingdom. This is the place for righteous non-Mormons. So again, remember that idea of spirit prison. So you have somebody who goes through life. They never hear the, the Mormon version of, of the gospel. They die and they go to the spirit prison. Well, that, that Mormon gospel could be preached to them there in spirit prison. And they, uh, being a non-Mormon in life, could become a... Uh, a recipient of the gospel in the spirit prison and come to live in this terrestrial kingdom. Uh, they would be eternally single there. They would never be uh, married, so they wouldn't be able to have spirit offspring. And that's a place where they say you could be visited by Jesus and the Holy Ghost. So this comes from Doctrine and Covenants. These are they who are honorable men of the earth, who are blinded by the craftiness of men, these are they who receive of his glory, but not of his fullness. So it's sort of like people have wrestled with the question about what about people who never hear about the gospel? You know, some indigenous tribe living hundreds or thousands of years ago in a place where the gospel had not come forth. What happens to them? The Mormons kind of have an answer to that, at least in their theology. We would disagree with that as biblical Christians, but they have an answer for, oh, once you die, maybe you never heard the news while you're alive. Once you die, you go to this place, you can hear the Mormon version of the gospel, receive that, and you get to then come live in the terrestrial kingdom. And it's a it's a degree of paradise, but not everything that it could be. Which is, there's then a third place where people might go. And that's the celestial kingdom. This is for faithful Mormons. Uh, so uh, you're, you're born into a Mormon family, you hear the Mormon gospel, you receive it, you uh, work your way unto salvation, you do good in this life, and you die, and you get to possibly go live in the celestial kingdom. This is why one of the phrases that Mormons will have is families are forever, uh, because Mormons really believe this, that uh, a man and a woman can get married here, and then get married in a celestial marriage, which is like a marriage or union of their spirits that will last for forever and in the spirit realm. And so then you'll have spirit offspring. So this is why they say families are forever. It's one of their taglines. Well, this celestial kingdom is for like the A plus disciples. Um, and ultimately, uh, if you're a really, I might, I might say, if you're if you are an, a really good disciple, then you not only get to come and live in the celestial kingdom, you probably get to become a divine god, be given your own planet somewhere in the universe. And you get to go become the new spiritual father of that planet. And you're bound in a celestial marriage to a spiritual mother. And you procreate spiritual children. And you basically propagate and spread Mormonism to that new planet. That's their, their belief system about where life is headed. What's possible for really, really good Mormons. So, so here's our last question as we think about Mormonism. If you're if you're a Mormon, where where do you belong? Who who are the people? Who are the Mormons? What's what's the community of Mormons? Well, the data would suggest that there's 16 plus million across the planet, across maybe 140 nations or more at this point, with 60,000 missionaries. That's a that's a big thing in Mormonism. Is uh, that's why you see young 
men especially going around, you know, in their white shirts and ties. And um, you go off uh, when you're about 18 and you become a missionary and you, you seek to spread Mormonism. Uh, they believe, Mormons believe that they are the one true church, that they're not apostate. They're not corrupt. They believe the true church since biblical times, uh, shortly after that, after the apostles became apostate and corrupted, that the true gospel was lost and that it was recovered. Again, you go back to that history when Joseph Smith began to have visions and revelations and he became a latter-day prophet who uh, called people back to the one true church. So that's what they believe about themselves. Uh, they meet at a temple. That temple, uh, from what I understand, is it's, it's pretty secretive. Um, it's not easy to gain access to that if you're not a Mormon. So it can be difficult to know uh, about it. I know there have been some who've left Mormonism, who've talked about the things that have happened there. I don't know enough about it. But the temple is where rites and rituals take place, which those are required for individual salvation. There's a priesthood in the temple, the Aaronic and the Melchizedek priesthood. Um, I think different levels and degrees of how you can be involved in the temple uh, gatherings. Uh, they have gatherings like the endowment ceremony that would be kind of equivalent to what we would think of as baptism in biblical Christianity. Uh, we talked, we've mentioned already celestial marriage. Uh, you enter into this spirit marriage eternally between a man and a woman. This is required if you ever hope to uh, be exalted to godhood and then they have uh, other uh, practices like baptism for the dead now with regards to this this question about their claim to being the one true church i just would read matthew 16 and remind you of these words from jesus and i tell you you are peter petrus and on this rock, Petra, I will build, I think it's Petra, um, but Peter and rock share the same word origin. I will build my church. So Jesus is saying, I will build my church. He's going to do it. Which should be enough for us right there. The all-powerful, divine, eternally divine, Jesus says that he will do something. He's going to do it. And to further, uh, here's the further promise, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus is saying, he's going to build his church. It's going to last. Even the enemy, I think gates of hell is probably a uh, metonymy for death, for Hades. Uh, death will not be able to overcome the church. Now, certainly we see the example of, of wolves coming in in the New Testament. We see the danger of, of false prophets and teachers. But there is an assurance from this verse and the rest of the New Testament that Jesus is with his people. He's going to build his church. He's going to do it until he comes again. He says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom in heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Jesus gives authority to his apostles, which is going to be passed down to the disciples in the church, down through the era. There will never, there will always be a faithful remnant of God's people. Uh, the church will never be so apostate, so corrupt, so um, 
overcome by wolves and false teachers and leaders and prophets, there's no faithful remnant. So we just don't expect... Uh, this flies in the face of Mormon's claim to me in the one true church and not apostate. So that wraps up our study on Mormonism. Uh, hope this has been helpful to see and it's clear to you uh, that as much as there is uh, a shared uh, terminology, a even claiming Jesus as uh, they would claim Jesus is divine, we would claim he's divine, but divine in different sense. They have a different view of God. They have a different view of the authority of Scripture, a uh, different view of uh, salvation, even the problem of our sin, uh, a different view of where uh, things are heading in the future and what it means to be a part of God's people, the church. Uh, with Mormons, uh, though they claim to be Christians, I think we can, uh, without a doubt, say they are not. And that grieves me that these people would think that they're so close and yet they're so far from knowing uh, the true God uh, who can offer them true salvation by grace alone. So be praying for Mormons and uh, I hope you are better equipped to herald and proclaim the gospel that has been granted to you that you can pass on to them with the hopes that some of them uh, might believe and come into the true family of God. In Jesus' name we pray for that. Amen.